1: In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want.
0: This is fourth down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome in to another edition of Fourth Down in the Steel City alongside Josh Taylor. I am Chris Mack, and we are ready. To break it down for you. What feels like another improbable win for the Steelers. <laughs> they're four and two. I can't say it without laughing, but they're four and two, my god. Um, if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you, we appreciate it. You're seeing the hat that I'm wearing. It's actually not for my daughter's high school. It's for the man who they should just build the whole damn plane out of, as Josh would say, TJ Watt. If you can't see us on- I love it! I love it! <laughs> if you can't see us on YouTube, that's love okay. It. You're getting the audio only version on whatever app you use to get your podcasts. Uh, Make make sure you subscribe, you follow, rate, review, download, all the things, especially if it's in your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We appreciate you being a part of 4th Down in the Steel City several times a week, typically on Tuesdays, to talk about whatever Mike Tomlin talks about, a pregame edition for you late in the week. And on late Sunday nights, early Monday mornings, a post-game edition for you, as this one is. And, Josh, uh, I'm going to just continue with the same analogy because it works from two weeks ago. The zombie Steelers will not die. They come for your flesh and your brains and any team that won't kill them, they will kill you. I don't know how they're doing it. They just refuse, like I said a couple weeks ago, like the bad horror movie villain, like Michael Myers, like Jason Voorhees, like Freddy Krueger, like a zombie. They will not go away, and the Rams didn't put them away when they had a chance, and the Steelers capitalized.
1: And how many how many um, Halloween movies were there? How many Nightmare on Elm Street movies were there? How many Friday the Thirteenth movies were there? Because all these times, all these people could not seem to figure out how to get rid of the killer, and that's what right? keeps happening. They just keep making sequels on y'all. It just it's what they're doing. They got sequels and reboots and refreshers and Jamie Lee Curtis coming out the bubble wrapping the whole nine yards. And they've been doing this, Chris, for years now. I'm dropping this early. I'm dropping this early because it was discussed during the game. I need to get this stat out because I think it's right. important. And because it's it's this, I keep hearing this all the way. They can't keep winning games like this, and this is outdated. And they can't keep doing this. And they made it a point during the broadcast to mention that this team hadn't had a 400 yard game on offense since week two of 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have now played 54 games since week two of 2020. All right. They played 50, 50, oh, excuse me, 54 games. 54. How many of them do you think they won?
0: Most of them, right? Two 32. 32 maybe. Yeah. They
1: won 32 of those games. In those 54 games since week two of 2020, since that last 400 yard offensive game, their record is 32, 21 and 1. And That's so their record in that 54 game span.
0: You're saying it it's working words. somehow.
1: It's somehow working, but he, here here maybe here may be the reason why. In 30 of those 32 wins, the defense allowed 24 points or less. Mm-hmm. In 27 of them, they allowed 21 or less. And in 25 of them, no, 26 of them, mind you. They won the turnover battle. There you go. That's it. I've been talking about this for how long, Greg Finley, our producer. I've been saying this for a couple of years now. 20 points or less, win a turnover battle. They've been doing it for four years.
0: And you've it been explained. saying that for four years, John. I've been
1: saying it for almost four years. This is what this is what their this is what their identity was after week two of 2019. When Ben Roethlisberger's elbow went kaput, they were like, you know what? We're gonna have to build this another way. Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they've been doing. And it's been four years and counting, four calendar years and counting going on five seasons. This is the end result of it. I know people don't like it. I'm going to keep saying this. Style points only count in the FBS. In the NFL, winning games is hard enough, especially when you're doing it the way they are. It really ain't easy. And
0: somehow they keep doing it. I would add that, let's see, for, I'm going to do a quick count here for 42 of those games, too. 42? Yeah, that sounds right. TJ Watt has played, which is an important part of things. Very um, important part of things. Without that guy, you don't win the Cleveland game. Without that guy, you, let's see, where else do we fall short this year? You probably don't win the Ravens game. You You don't win the Ravens game. You don't, I don't think, win today. Because he immediately turns the momentum around on the, what, second or third play of the second half. Uh, The guy is, it's, you know what, fine, build the whole thing around TJ at this point. I will admit, the first couple (laughs) drives of tonight's game, I'm sitting there watching it, I'm thinking, man, I don't know, they're getting run on. This shouldn't be happening to a team that's down to their third and fourth, you know, tailbacks, but here we go. They're getting run on. And then the Steelers adjusted. The Steelers got out of the first half still standing, right? Like Rocky yeah, Balboa. giving up nine
1: points, which is still pretty crazy when you think about it.
0: Right. Like Rocky Balboa getting worked by Apollo Creed for a few rounds and then suddenly <laughs> popping up with two swollen eyes in the 12th round. Like they, they come out. TJ makes the play. And everything kind of flowed from there. It wasn't seamless mm-hmm. from that point. You still had the big Nakua catch down the sideline, which we can get into, and everything that. Revolves around that, but you still had a field goal kicker. To be honest, Brett. (coughs) Brett, (coughs) sorry, that's what he does when he kicks. He chokes. Brett Marr missed two field goals and an extra point. That's between that and the TJ Watt pick that ends up turning into seven points three plays later. There's your 14 point swing in today's game, kicking and a turnover. I hate to simplify it, but. There are Dallas
1: fans that were probably watching that game with the Steelers and Rams and watching Brett Maher missing those kicks and they're like, see? Told we you. We've been new.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, like, we that's, y'all ain't saying nothing we ain't heard. Dallas get, fans already know. They know, what, they know what time it is.
0: Get back to us when he does it in the playoffs. Right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. That's what they're saying now in Dallas. They're like, hey, we, we knew about that. That's why we got rid of him. Yeah. Y'all can have him. They knew. But,
0: But not to oversimplify this thing and just break it down to Brett Brett Marr and T.J. Watt.
1: Because it wasn't just down to him. Because if the Steelers don't get the stops that they did on third down, then they don't get to that. I think they held the L.A. to what, 7-16 to on third down? Which, to hold that team that's actually pretty good, like ninth in the league coming into this game, to hold them that well on third down, and I do consider that to be well if it's less than 50%, I credit that a lot to having to, to put the game in their kicker's hands or on their kicker's foot to not so, successfully carry it out.
0: So to your point, the Rams were 9 of 16 overall oh, for the 16. game. But oh, no. in the second half, they were they were 4 of 7. Um, so three crucial third down stops there yeah. uh, in the second half. And we, we got—we I, 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 went over the numbers a couple weeks ago, and I still call it into question— whether a quarterback can be a truly quote unquote great fourth quarter quarterback. If he's not great in every fourth quarter or a truly great quarterback overall, if he's only good in certain drives of fourth quarters, Right. but we got great Kenny Pickett in the fourth quarter again, like the man completed his last nine passes for, I want to say 140 yards. Yeah. Nine for nine on his last nine pass attempts for 140 yards, Matt Stafford, uh oh for six in the final 20 minutes or so for zero yards and there's that's nuts there's the swing for you like uh, the zombie stealers and zombie kenny pickett he rose from the dead he it it was i don't know how to i'm happy about it i want to be clear about that i'm happy that kenny pickett finds these moments that he found these moments last year for example uh in, in the indie game right where he finds, you know, finishes, Benny Snell finishes the drive-off for him, but he finds George Pickens for the two. Turns that game around. They win it. Um, That that he found it, for example, against the Raiders on Christmas Eve and the Ravens a week later down in Baltimore. That he found it this year against the Ravens, right? He's found these moments. Mm -hmm. He finds it today out in L.A. And that's great. I'm excited by it because... It gives me hope that it's in there in greater scope. But here's the problem I still haven't seen this man do it outside of those drives. Yeah. If you take Kenny Pickett's, the best six drives probably of Kenny Pickett's career. He's on track to be a hall of famer. It's pony land, right? We're all naming oh, our boy. kids after Kenny Pickett. We're building bronze busts already. We're simply trying to figure out if they can surgically attach a finger to the side of his hand, not just to make his hands bigger, but for the sixth ring, <laughs> all that stuff. If we just take that hand, those handful of drives where he's looked amazing. The problem is there's everything else where he hasn't yep. looked amazing, Josh. It's so there's three uh, other quarters of the game. Three and a half quarters, really, in most cases. And so I'm left walking away from the win over the Rams. Happy that they won, obviously. Happy that uh, Kenny Pickett looked the way he did in two very crucial fourth quarter drives. uh, The entire fourth quarter, really. But still left wondering, what do we have to do to extract this from this man the other three quarters?
1: I I leave this game encouraged. Encouraged. By what the output was, because you mentioned the fourth quarter, and everything you mentioned, is is dead on. But when you look at the entire scope of this game, and this is a game, this Rams offense, this is a team that everybody wants this team to do things like them, and they want this team to put up numbers like them, and they want this coach to be like that coach, even that coach, even though that coach still hasn't beaten this one yet head to head. But that's a entire different topic for another time. <laughs> And then you look at the numbers from this game. There's three things in particular that stand out to me. The Rams hit 19 first downs in this game, and the Steelers had 17. Yeah. The Rams had. The Rams averaged 5.7 yards per play on 62 snaps. The Steelers averaged 5.4 on 56. The Rams threw for 219 yards, and the Steelers threw for 214. So, who are you going to credit? Are you going to credit the offense for at least going toe to toe with this team? Right. You're going to credit the defense for maybe limiting the damage against this team. Well, which way do you go with it? Or do you have to do both? And you're sitting there, you're the 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 meme of the guy sweating, trying to press the button of <laughs> give the offense credit for doing their job well, or give the defense credit for li- limiting the Rams. They're sitting there sweating. They don't know which button to press. That might here's, be the scenario right now, and it would be valid.
0: Here's Yeah, and here's the thing, too. This is a game where, as— Much as people want to crush the coaching staff, and sometimes it's been deserved, I'm not going to argue against that in some cases, this is a game where you look at it and say, well, no, something had to change at halftime. The Steelers got 91 yards. They were outgained by 135 yards at the half, 226 to 91. They didn't flip that totally on its head in the second half, but they came close. Steelers outgained the Rams 209 to 128. So the Steelers end up to. right the, the Steelers end up with 54 fewer total yards but they do it when it matters in the second On half or 6 fewer and, snaps. Yep, and clearly and clearly something changed at the half. So I have to give credit to coaching there. It's it's there are times where I will give credit and blame where it's due to who I think it's due and in this case I do think you have to give credit to coaching. I, they yes. must have done something at the half. They must have keyed on something that told them, "Oh, okay," or, or even before the half. In the case of slowing down the Rams' run game, right? They did Which something they did. That's, that said, "Oh, you know what? I, they're doing this. Let's adjust." Uh, or in the second half of the offense, you know what? We're seeing this, Kenny. Let's try this, or let's maybe remember how to run a trap play. Which bees into trap, bees bees into trap when they run the trap. And they they simply gain yards on the ground. And so they found the concepts that worked, I guess is my point. And that yes. takes coaching. You have to
1: credit the coaching for finding the things that worked, not only in the run game but they're doing it in the passing game too. They're doing a lot of it pre-snap and that's not getting talked about. And it should be talked about that there were some things that they did that were clearly different than what they have done in the previous five games. And it's been it's noticeable pre-snap and it's noticeable post-snap as far as the, the schematics are concerned. So you have to give credit for that too. I know some people don't want to, I know it pains them to their soul, but this is one of those times that when you see the end result, including shutting the Rams out 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter, you give credit where it's due. They yeah. did what they had to when they needed to.
0: Because there were times in the first half where I thought I was going to have to find a way to develop a time machine, <laughs> get on a plane, and fly to Los Angeles, rewind a thing about six hours, duct tape Levi Wallace to oh. his bed in his hotel room so that he wouldn't be able to step on the field. It was that bad. Is it but bad the- that... Isn't that is- that every
1: time I see Levi Wallace, I think of you now?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think of you. I just see
1: you in anguish, like, in just absolute oh, Just making
0: faces, like, Ugh. But in the second half, did we see Levi Wallace get burnt? No. There was an adjustment made. You know, there, there were things done today. You know, there were even adjustments made, I would say, coming into the game that maybe there were twists off of it after the fact. But, but I think... Daryl Johnson actually pointed it out at one point he said you know Minka is not down in the slot we haven't seen that yet today yep. and this was in the early second quarter uh, about halfway through the first half but it was a good point Minka it was, was playing point. high safety and taking away deep stuff now did the Rams still c- complete a few big gainers yes yes um but you could argue their biggest play of the day at least air yards as far as air yards go was one that could have been called back it was, should it was, have been called
1: back Probably should.
0: So here's, let's get into this now, because I I, want to, I wanted to talk about the Puka Nakua catch. That was the 31, 32 yard gain in the third quarter that ended up setting up the Rams final score of the day, put them up 17 to 10 at that point after they converted the two, my view of it at the time. And this is at, at the time as it happened. Oh, his toe hit the ground. That's a catch. Now, in the rule book, it says, uh-huh. "Aha! Aha! <laughs> how uh-huh. come every time I? How come every time I bring up Joe Lewis?" Um, <laughs> 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 so, in the rule book, <laughs> the the technical rule reads: if the heel comes down as a continuation of a toe tap, the heel comes down out of bounds. It's out of bounds. I'll be honest. My bad. I did not. I did not remember that part of the rule. Now I do, in hindsight, remember it being interpreted that way yep. in a couple of instances. Uh, shout out to shout
1: out to Josh Banks on Twitter who made it a point to tell like fifty people this yep. is the actual rule. They got it wrong, and he had, he had time apparently to do that because I wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. I explained it to one person and one person only, and that was my wife because she was in the room and she was confused. Other than that. Shout out to him for making it clear for people who didn't know. Because say- Some people swore they knew the rule and they didn't.
0: Yeah, no, I, I just saw toes come down, right? And so, in my and stupid they, head...
1: But to your point, and it's not your fault, because they didn't show the continuation of the toe hitting and then the heel hitting. They didn't really show that full progression of it all when they were showing all the replays. And so, I'll even, most I'll of even, us didn't really know.
0: I'll, I'll even own it that I had forgotten that part of the rule, the weird continuation part of the toe right. tap rule. And so I did question why Mike Tomlin threw the challenge flag there because at the time I was like, well, no, you you, 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 you can see his toes went down. And I still do have a, a, a little bit of a beef, although it didn't end up costing them anything other than the timeout at that point in time. And we can argue that even upon review, they got it wrong, according yeah. to the letter of the law. I still, it still drives me nuts that he threw the challenge flag in that case because I'd... I'd like him to have a, a clear, about as clear a yes or no as you can get going into the thing before you throw the flag.
1: Yeah, he, he and, doesn't always have that. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And we, a lot of times look, he's rolling the dice. I agree. And,
0: and it's so, true. Ex- exactly. And that's my, yeah. that's my only beef with it, is that, we see the other two teams in this town professional teams who have access to instant replay review <laughs> challenges get it right nine i mean in the penguins case it's 90 95% of the time probably yeah
1: andy sosa was the man with
0: that oh uh, nails it it won them a yeah, cup um sure it is. and so or at least won them the eastern conference so there's that and and i just would much rather have somebody up in a booth who's is sitting there we all know what the the inner workings of these buildings look like. There is a, a corner somewhere where they can pay a man $75,000. Hell, get crazy. Pay him $100,000. It's, like
1: it's like the equivalent of the attic right now in my house where I am. Yes.
0: It's the same deal. Picture that, but one wall is all monitors for each and every camera in the building. And they sit there and they watch it live. And they go, oh, I don't think he, oh, his heel touch. And they, they immediately push a little button on a little headset. And it goes, it goes like this. Hold on, I got one right here. They, they got this little headset, and they got, <laughs> they go like this, and, and they, they, you know what they do? They push this little button right here, and they go, Coach, uh, yeah, yeah, he's out of bounds. Challenge, challenge, throw the flag, and they throw the flag, or they go, ah, Coach, Coach, too close to call, too close to call, don't throw it. What if it was Mike?
1: an easy button like on Staples?
0: it would be so much better. I mean, we, could, we could put a camera on these people. <laughs> Think of the drama, right? Yes. And, yes. And then they, they slam the red easy button and big red lights go off in the stadium and a siren and everything. Uh, NFL stadiums, hire us. Yeah. Retrofili- we'll, make it. we'll do it. We'll design we'll make the whole it, thing. We'll make it so much more fun. We Cut might the even. We got it. We Cut might even allow that dude. Hold on. What's his name? Blueface? That dude. <laughs> You <laughs> had the girls twerking in the field level suite oh. at SoFi today. Um oh I was, my God. Did you see this? I
1: heard about it. I heard oh, about yeah. It. I was, yeah, I was, so, I was with my kids at the time. I was like, I should look for this now.
0: Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no. We, make sure the kids are asleep. I'm yeah. not even going to give any more detail about it now because Greg Finley, our producer— it, no, I don't want him, I don't want Greg to see it. I don't want him to be defiled by. We don't by want this to corrupt
1: anymore. the the pure, Mm-mm. wholesome young man Mm-mm. that is Greg Finley.
0: No, uh, no, I don't need Mister and Missus Finley coming after me. Uh, Are you kidding me?
1: That's fair. That's fair. But
0: yeah, anyway. So we will make games entertaining, and it won't even take girls twerking in, in a field level suite. Okay. But we'll we consider
1: will... it on a case by case basis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For yes. the client's sake, not ours, for the no. client's sake. No, I mean, look, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I just, it does still, in all seriousness, bug me that he doesn't have a re- re- uh, replay review consultant in the booth yeah, telling him what fair. to do. It's and place, my my initial knee-jerk reaction was, what are we doing? This is a, this is a classic yeah. example of blowing a timeout. Now, again, the refs ended up blowing the call. The Steelers ended up coming back to win the game anyway. So it goes spiders out in a million different directions from there. It didn't end up deciding the game. There were other penalties called that really, really (laughs) lent itself to this game. Having a feeling of constantly being this close to going off the rails. Um, You've got the George Pickens block, which I'll be honest. (sighs) That's, that's a tough one for me. That's football, man. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's a football play.
0: Who among us who has played a collision sport at some point in their lives has not had their sinuses cleared on a, on a clean hit like that, a clean block like that. He even he uses his shoulder, right? Yes. yes. He puts his shoulder in the guy's chest. It's not like he caught him blindside. He, he did. He turned the guy didn't see him because the guy didn't see him because he wasn't paying attention. That's what happens. That's what you do is you block somebody when they're not paying attention.
1: Far be it from me to watch a Steeler-White receiver who played collegiate football at the University of Georgia take it upon mm-hmm. himself to, to use his shoulder out. and clean out a blocker and making a pure football play. And, and my, my rationale behind it is this. What is he supposed to do? Just stand there and let his guy get tackled? Like it's so just
0: that's, that's what really bothers me. That's the line we're
1: walking here.
0: Is Moose Johnson on the broadcast uh, tried to insinuate that George Pickens should even try, should, should wear one there so that his guy can like, they basically get steamrolled uh, for the better no. of his team. And it's like, no, 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 no. To your point, Keith Rivers still talks like this. I'm sure because of what Heinz Ward did to him.
1: That anniversary was like this past week. I want to say really like the anniversary of that actual hit was poor, like
0: maybe a couple days ago. Poor Keith Rivers, that man, that poor man's career was never the same. I kind of feel a little bit bad about it, but it's, you know that kind of block is also the reason they changed the rule it's kind of like pit fans being mad that christian vair was called down where he was even though two years ago they were able to screw wake forest because kenny faked the slide Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) am i allowed to point that out no put
1: the tinfoil away pit fans (laughs) because i i pointed it out on the nightly sports call because someone was like, "Oh, yeah, referees are favoring these other teams, and they'll never get Pitt a fair shake in the ACC." I said, "Well, what happened in the ACC championship game? Did they get yeah. a fair shake there? Didn't you seem your...
0: fair, fair enough at the time?" Didn't your guy do something that lent itself to the creation of a new rule that <laughs> you just got screwed by? You want to be mad at somebody? Be mad at Kenny Pickett, or be mad at Christian for not necessarily knowing the rule altogether all that well, and not just scooting out of bounds and then kneeling on it and being done with the thing. Anyway, we're getting <laughs> off track. There we were are. there were wild calls in this game. You've got the George yes. Pickens block. Uh, you've got later George Pickens jawing with the same guy, and I'm not remembering his name now who Pickens cleaned out uh, on Yeast. the block. Yeast, Yeast. thank you. Yeah. Um, he, he cleaned him out on the block and then made a catch on him later, and Yeast grabbed his undershirt as he was trying to pull him down. George got in his face, got flagged for that one. Then you got Deontay Johnson late in the game. Gets interfered with by former teammate, Akello Witherspoon. And after the that flag's been thrown, starts jawing with Witherspoon. It looked like playful jawing. Deontay was kind of smiling and laughing. He
1: did his best Max Talbot impersonation in 2009.
0: He, he did. It he, gave he gave him the
1: He gave him the Max Talbot shush. It was great. I love it. Because
0: Witherspoon's jawing with the official over being called for DPI. And Deontay's walking back towards him, saying, "Shh, you better be careful. Oh, don't you? You can get?" And then the irony of it is, another ref comes in, not yeah. fully understanding. These two guys know each other well, and we're on the yeah, same team for a couple of years.
1: Teammates, yeah.
0: Bang! Flag comes out. Um, those are just the ones off the top of my head. I'm sure there are others that I'm forgetting. Well, it wasn't a flag, but obviously the spot on the final, oh boy, offensive play of consequence. Kenny Pickett's a full yard short. I have no idea how they spotted that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show
0: is called The The Deal.
1: Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore.
1: I'm sure there are Steeler fans out there whose brains diverted immediately back to Super Bowl 40 on the goal line. Because that's the first thing I thought about. I'm like, I don't know, man. And I said the (laughs) same thing watching Super Bowl 40. I was at my buddy Matt Dyke's house out in Peter's Township. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think he got it. And they, they gave it to him. And then today I'm looking at Kenny Pickett going, I don't know, man. He slipped. He fell short. And they gave it to him. I'm like, all right, well, history repeats itself, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, it was it was that was all I could come back to that's where my mind went and I was equally as stunned today as I was then after the 2005 season
0: but i mean though the, the it, i don't know what to say cuz it was a bad weekend for officiating overall it felt like Gosh. in not just in the NFL but in, you know we referenced <laughs> the Vayair uh, slide and there were calls at the Penn State Ohio State game that I'm not going to whine about cuz technically <laughs> they were they were calls that i guess had to be made or could have been made and Uh, But it was just a rough weekend for officiating, and it extended into this game. Now, I will say this. That's not what won the Steelers the game, clearly, because they got victimized by more of those calls than helped by those calls. And there were a lot
1: of calls that were not made, like holding calls every other snap on TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith or maybe even Larry Ogunjobe, because some of those guys were getting like wrestling moved to the match. It's crazy.
0: It's it's getting to James Harrison 2008, 2009, 2010 levels.
1: It feels like that. Yeah. That's
0: that's a good comparison. Because you remember, James Harrison was held on literally every play. Every play. Every play. And they just couldn't throw a flag on every play. So tackles would get away with it. With literally just throwing their arm out and clotheslining Harrison. And so he would work to get lower and lower. It's why he's got quads the size of my body and, (laughs) and eventually just started working through those things. Alex Um,
1: Highsmith has been in sleeper holds and they have not thrown flags. we're like, what are we, what are we doing right now? It's getting headlocked. What is happening right now?
0: But what I liked the most about today's game, aside from the numbers that we saw from Kenny Pickett was that he stepped up in the pocket in a crucial moment and delivered on the final drive He hits George Pickens. What did it end up? It was a big gain down the middle that converted a third down. Uh, And I want to make sure I have it right before I quote the thing. Uh, Fourth quarter, final drive. Sorry, I'm scrolling through the play-by-play. And Kenny Pickett hits George Pickens for 31 yards from their own 21. It was third and three from their own 21. Uh, They still had to pick up one more. Uh, conversion which they did on the Kenny Pickett sneak a few plays later but that was the first time in a long time Josh I can remember Kenny Pickett standing in a collapsing pocket and climbing it just a few steps yes. rather than spinning out of it and running into a, an edge rusher out on which the he outside he did earlier in the game right or you know it, running himself into an injury as he did a few weeks ago He, he, rather than try to escape, he climbed the pocket and he made a beautiful pass down the middle to a streaking George Pickens for a play that took them out of danger and put them in position to close things out a few plays later.
1: And I immediately told you guys in our fourth down in the Steel Seated group chat, I said, that's what happens when you stand Mm -hmm. in the pocket. That's what you're able to do. Because for as much pressure as the Steelers put on Matthew Stafford, they still couldn't get to him a lot because he was able to at least keep looking downfield. He didn't move until he absolutely had to move. And he he held on to the absolute last second before he could get rid of the ball. Sometimes he got called for intentional grounding. By some, I mean like once. Yeah. Some other times it probably should have been called for intentional grounding. But to, to, to the point to, I'm trying to make is he at least had the pocket presence to keep himself alive as long as he could in that play. And in the second half, we saw Kenny Pickett start stepping up, climbing in the pocket, yep. looking downfield, and finding the guy he needed to find. And by the way, you and I talked about this building the game plan. Remember when we talked about move George Pickens around mm-hmm. and give him chances to make places in other areas? And he found him right down the seam. And that's exactly what you needed in that situation. Move George Pickens around, put him in a matchup where he can exploit it and win. And that's what they did.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and again, to kind of put a button on the offensive side of things and really this game for the most part, uh, it, they, they could have been tied at the half. I guess it could have been, uh, you know, the, they could have had another touchdown in their back pocket, if not for the Pickens uh, yes. penalty Yes, and it, they were doing the kind of things that we've asked the offense to do to a certain extent, right? Like they're, they were using the motion actually had a purpose, right? They're using yes. it to get the defense to, to show something um they, they, they were using uh, different combo routes on either side to try and work people open. And it worked. Deontay Johnson, I thought had a really nice game. It only showed up in six catches, I think five or six catches, but it was, I thought crucial catches and important points in time. And it again, just like we said the other day, pregame, it lent Kenny Pickett a little bit more sense of a little bit more comfort, I guess. And, and there was the, balance
1: in the targets too, because Pickens yes. had eight and Johnson had six. So we saw that, that as far as how he was important. able to ship it the ball well. That you were the one that pointed that out. That was you.
0: That was very important, Josh, that we not let, look, let the game play itself out. And if Deontay Johnson gets a, a couple more targets to get him back into the rhythm of the game, then so be it. George Pickens isn't going anywhere. We all go. know he's still your most talented guy. And then exactly. they, they were able to run the ball early, too, with those with the trap blocking. That is, you know, I saw it in a couple games, both Sunday and Saturday. There is something to be said for good old-fashioned gap scheme run blocking and just trying to punch people in the face. Look at what the Philadelphia Eagles do. The Philadelphia the Eagles time. have no interest in beating you to the sideline. They have no interest in beating you to the sideline. They, they want to will, hit you in the mouth. Right. If they want somebody, if they want to get the ball to the outside, Jalen Hurts will throw it out there to one of their uber talented receivers, which by the way, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a couple of talented receivers. They do. Whether if we they, like it or not. If they want to run the ball, they're going to pick a gap and they're going to say, hmm, you know what? We're going to go there and this guy here, he's going to pull around and we're going to have two large humans punching smaller humans in the face, knocking them over and making room for our running back. And if they would just run that trap blocking gap blocking scheme more often, make it more prevalent. I know you still want to get outside on the edges time to time. Please, you do that, you're going to open so many more holes for Najee and Jalen Warren.
1: I, I've been calling for this, and, and shout out to Alex Cazor from Stewards Depot, because he'll tell you, he and I go back and forth with this on Twitter all the time. Uh, take it back to peak, peak Le'Veon Bell, Marquise Pouncey, mm-hmm. David DeCastro. Counter to the left, power to the right, rinse, repeat. And just do that, mm-hmm. and sprinkle in a little George Novak principle, do it till they stop you. Right. That that's it really for me. That's all I need. A Couple other things me mixing here and there. But if you can get them going left side with counter because you got a guard kicking this way, you're going power this way because you got a guard, or maybe even if you got a couple tight ends, maybe even a tackle or a tight end coming this way, you got space to be made, you got holes to hit, and your running backs have room to run. And they had a lot of room to run in the second half, and they started to wear the Rams down a little bit running the football. Yeah, that's to see
0: that. That final drive, really, I think you texted it. You could Beautiful. see the, the Rams sucking gas a little bit. They were starting
1: to suck wind.
0: Yeah. And That's what
1: you want. You want you want to wear them down. You want to end games on your terms. There used to be a time when Pittsburgh fans loved that sort of thing with their previous coach. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, they don't like it now. I don't know why.
0: But well, it was okay it, back then. Um, yeah, it, look, whether you it like works. it or whether Sorry. Yes, and whether you like it or not, that's the philosophy with which this team was built. Sorry, you're friendly, fourth down in the Steel City, broken record here, but that's the way this team is built. They are built to do stuff like what they did today, and when it works... You get what you get in today's fourth quarter, a defense that started to get worn down a little bit from the run game and a quarterback that for some reason pulls magic out of his rear end uh, every couple of fourth quarters.
1: We've seen that a lot too in this franchise. Yeah. And and, and regardless of how you want to try to characterize it, regardless of how bad you want to make it look, guess what? They've been doing it for a while. And when they do it for the most part and quite frequently and more often than not, quite more often than not, it works.
0: Yeah. One more thing I wanted to touch on is we didn't really see him do much in the second half, or at least we didn't hear his name called much in the second half. I think that's a good thing. Like we mentioned, Matt Stafford didn't even complete a pass in the last 20 minutes of this game. That's nuts. I I know. That's insane. insane.
1: (laughs) They held that guy. Yes, with, this, with, this, those off, receivers. with yes. this offense, with those receivers that we're supposed to run and hide in fear of, because apparently Sean McVay and anybody that like follows him, apparently he's like Voldemort and they're the Death Eaters, and we're supposed to be like just mortally afraid of them. And they kept that offense quiet. Uh huh. You can't. You can. We cannot talk about this game and not mention that part. And when you mention that part, give credit to the people who deserve it because that's something you do not always see especially well, with that team, that offense, and that quarterback.
0: The last person I wanted to bring up is a guy who we all wanted to see play more, and he played more today because of the is. way the Rams' offense is structured. Joey Porter Jr., he had a big breakup in the first half, and I wish they would have just let him follow Nakua all over the field. They didn't. Yeah, um, they were going to get that but, to him right away. But it still worked out in the end, and I, I think we're starting to see. Look, he can't tackle. No, he, he got was, smoked
1: on the play yeah. when an open field tackle. I, I, I texted, I was like, imagine being Joey Porter's son and, and not, not, not making that open field tackle, not being able to tackle there. That's just, but, that, you know that's, you know. it's going to get brought up at dinner one night. Oh, yeah. When Joey's going to be and be like, son, we got to talk about that third quarter. You know that's coming. You know that discussion's coming. He
0: texted him already with a screenshot, I'm sure. Oh God, come on, for real? For real? <laughs> yeah. You got my name. No, I gave what, you my
1: name. That's how you do me. That's how you do what, me. What happened?
0: Looking like Denzel
1: at the end of train, at the end of training day. Oh, I see how
0: it is. I see how it is.
1: Keep Looking like Alonzo. On,
0: uh, put cases on all you. Uh, uh, Come on, anyway. man. Like you,
1: you, can't, man. You can't have that name and do that. That's you can't. You never live that down. It's, but but to I, his credit, to his credit, he he could have taken that and let it affect him. He took he he handed his licks out. He took his licks. And was able at the end to make another big breakup on the play that was important. So and again, credit to him for being able to to, to do it out and take it and still make plays when he was needed to.
0: You're right. And again, i I am not keeping. I, I'm not drafting Joey Porter. I am not playing Joey Porter. I am not keeping Joey Porter around beyond his rookie contract to necessarily make tackles. I want him out there to to keep from having to make tackles. I want him out there knocking He's balls have away. To, but still. He's gonna, He's gonna have, gonna have, have to, to eventually, yeah, yeah, sure. But you know what? Did it, 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 was Deion Sanders out? I can't believe I'm making this comparison. I'm not making a comparison from Joey Porter Jr. To Deion Sanders. Yeah, let's that. But, but was Dion out there for his tackling? No, Deion was out there no. to keep the ball away from the best teams receiver, the other team's best receiver.
1: But at the same time, it was a different kind of game where you know Dion see the ball a lot. And if he did, it wasn't deep that often. And 9 times out of 10, he just played a guy toward the sideline like he knew how to do it. These days, it's a little bit different. Short yardage, getting the ball in space is more of the thing. It's more of the name of the game where corners are forced to tackle you and they're forced to be more physical with you because they're trying to defend space as much as they are trying to defend people. So, But, but I'll still take...
0: Yes, it is. But I'll still take the breaking up of the pass before it ever gets completed over the tackling of the ball after it gets completed. Because there 10 problem, other dudes out
1: there. I, it's not that I disagree with you. The only problem is that the the philosophy of the coach that he plays for and oh, yeah. the defense that he used to coach and the one the, the unit that he used to coach when he won a Super Bowl ring as an assistant, they didn't believe in that. They believed in tackling the catch and swarming oh, the yeah. ball and punching it loose and, and getting the guy to the ground by any means necessary. So your, your, your assertion is valid. Don't get me wrong. But that won't fly in every circle. It won't fly on every defense that you play on, I and mean, it may not fly for every coach that you play for.
0: Good point. Just it's, it's Be- not being not a, fair it, there. It's it's not a Tampa 2 concept. Uh, you, you want your, like you said, you want your guys there wrapping right. the ball carrier up and letting everybody else come in and clean things out. Because uh, I mean,
1: you, you might not even get that same sentiment from former corners who played here in the past and may wear the same jersey number of same former corner. Oh, yeah. You and I both worked with Ike Taylor. I can tell you, man. You sometimes you gotta put your face in the fan, and yeah. I wasn't scared to do it. So there's that dynamic too.
0: He'll get there. I think he will. He'll I think get there. he came with
1: time. I agree. He,
0: he'll he'll get there. Uh, when, I bang when... my knee off my desk. <laughs> <laughs> he'll get there when he has to. But in the meantime, I'll take the natural coverage skills that he has and yes. continues to develop and accentuate
1: it's... the positive. And I think they did that.
0: I think they're doing
1: yes. that now, actually.
0: The only other thing I have a beef with, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna leave on a negative. I'll find something else positive to 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 put the cherry on top of the Sunday here before we wrap it up. The only other thing I have a beef with is the Dan Moore for Broderick Jones. Dan Moore didn't look yeah. terrible out there. I don't think. I'll go back and look a little more closely, uh play by play and all that. But there were times early where you went hmm. Uh, this team might be better off with Broderick Jones out there at left tackle. I, I
1: don't disagree. I, anybody who's heard me talk about this team and talk about what I wanted during the offseason, two of the things I wanted were particularly in name were Broderick Jones and Isaac Sayomalu, and he delivered with both guys. So, of course, yeah. I'm going to see, see both Sayomalo guys. Sayamalu
0: looked much better today oh. than he has at all the rest of the season, at least in the run game.
1: People keep talking about that that Jalen Ward touchdown. was like, oh, see, this is why he's different from Najee. No, what's different from when Najee at the ball was that Sam Malu took out two dudes. That's yeah. why that play was different. Because he did the thing that we hadn't seen that often. I don't think we'd seen that since the preseason.
0: No, it, we, I mean. We had
1: talked so much about stuff that happened in the preseason. They were making blocks like that in this game in the third quarter during the preseason. That was the last time we saw stuff like that. So when you see Sam Malu make a make a block immediately at the line of scrimmage, get to the second level and take out another guy that springs Warren for a touchdown. That's what we've wanted all along. That's always what we've wanted. And also, Dan Moore, by the way, blocked pretty well on that one too. So you gotta give him credit. I you know what? I got the positive thing for you to go out on. How about Dan Moore getting this spike after Candy Pickett's uh tush push touchdown?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Was, was that really a tush-push or was it just a sneak? Uh, Probably more of a sneak. Just,
0: more of just a sneak. I mean, he more got a little sneak. bit of a nudge. A nudge.
1: But Dan Moore got getting the spike after Candy Pickett scored. I thought that was Good. a message to be sent.
0: Good for him.
1: Good or for to be him. be interpreted, if you will. Maybe.
0: Was, maybe. Uh,
1: well, I, I, wonder, I, I wonder whose idea that was. I, I, I did not hear that discussed after the game. We might have to listen to all the post-game stuff and
0: find yeah, out. Yeah, we'll have to see. I'm if, curious whose idea that was. If not, that'll have to be asked about this week. Yeah. Somebody down on the south side will have to ask ask around. Uh, I'll give you one more positive before we wrap this up. This team is somehow, I laugh every time I say it. This team is somehow 4-2, Josh. They're 4-2. and two. They are in playoff position, just a half game back of the Ravens, tied with the Browns. At 4-2, and two. naturally, the tiebreaker over Cleveland because they beat them in their first meeting. And if the yep. season ended today, which we all know it doesn't, I say that just to piss Mark Kabali off. Hey, if that's the his season- game.
1: That's his game, Kabali's <laughs> game, the season ended today.
0: <laughs> if the season ended today, copyright infringement, they would be <laughs> visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round of the playoffs, who conveniently enough, they host next Sunday at Heinz Field. Don't ever, ever call it Akershirt.
1: That was a scenario you and I both talked about when we were previewing the season. Was it not?
0: It certainly was my friend. Mm Hmm. Hmm. And now you're in a spot where, look, if they had been three and three, not only would they be outside the playoff picture looking in, uh, or maybe they would have been right on the edge of it. Right. Um, they, they would have been in a spot where you still can't, it's kind of like I I talked about, I, I wrote about it the other day. Uh, you, if you break this thing down into segments, you don't have to, you can't really do it in quarters anymore, right? Because it's 17 games.
1: And we've been told that's how teams do it. That's yeah. We've been absolutely. Told from, from former players. So it's but not that crazy.
0: Y- you were kind of entering the second, uh, as I bumped my camera, you were entering the second quadrant of the season, so to speak, right? You had gone three and two in the first five games. Okay. Right. Now we can go in four game segments. And if you look at the next four games and what they had, Rams, Jaguars um, Thursday night at home against a really poor Titans team and then a nice long break before the Packers at home who looked like hot garbage against the Broncos this week. Hey one uh, of those matchups
1: is against a top five head coach Chris show respect
0: <laughs> I said it what I said it. Uh, hi Mike Vrabel how are you how many quarterbacks do you have to have none um <laughs> Uh, if you would, if you would have looked at this four game quadrant, so to speak Rams, Jags, Titans, Packers, and said, okay, even if we only go two and two in this quadrant, we'll be five and four and we'll still have the Cardinals and the Patriots out there on the schedule, like nine and eight and even 10 and seven in a wild card are still eminently possible. Well, now I'll be honest, the way they played today, I, they go three and one in this little quadrant here. And there's And three of those six, games are
1: at home. And very you already important. won the road game.
0: Right. And one of them on a Thursday night at home, too. We know how important that is. Which historically
1: so, you you pretty much already
0: win. So I'll even chalk up either the Jags or the Packers as uh, something weird or quirky happens, or I don't know, you know, turnovers, young quarterback plays like a young quarterback again, or I don't know. Anything can happen. Let's say they go 3 and 1 in this quadrant of games and then they are 6 and 3 mm-hmm. going into their back-to-back Ohio trips. Mm-hmm. That's it. the back-to-back Ohio trips are backed up by Arizona and New England on a Thursday night mm-hmm. at home. I mean, we wouldn't be wrong to take 2 and 2 in that four-game stretch, right? And
1: just the, I I break it down a lot more simply. When one of those Ohio division games and then you have three division wins and only one division loss. And, and then you got a chance to go deal with Arizona and New England at home on a Thursday night. That puts you in a really good position to put a bow in this division.
0: It, it, and it gives really you an opportunity division. to be, what, like eight and five, maybe? That's not yeah, crazy. Not eight crazy. And, eight and five going into Indy the week before Christmas. Okay, that's a game you should anything's possible. As we saw today, Indy it played really well against Cleveland. Probably should have won that game. On Minshew, paper, it's a
1: game you should win. I
0: agree. On paper, it's a game you should win. Um, Long live the air raid, uh,
1: Carter yes, Minshew. Yes.
0: Mishu Mania was alive and well for, uh, almost four full quarters on Sunday. I don't know and how he does it, man. I don't, I don't know either. It's great. Did you see the little jiggly gave it to when he ran the, the first one in? <laughs> he's, he's, he gave it a little salsa shoulder shimmy. Oh my
1: God. He's, he's a fun version He's a, he's a multiversal variant of Johnny Manziel, but a fun kind. He's a fun version of Johnny Manziel.
0: A version that probably watches some tape and reads a playbook from time to time. Watches
1: tape, reads a playbook, like, isn't too egregiously ridiculous. Doesn't (laughs) take himself seriously. Just, you know, just goes out and plays, and his guys actually, like, play for him. It's just... Just, you know, just that, that fun little variant that I think people are looking for from time to time.
0: But it's also eight, an air raid quarterback, so there you go. Yeah, I know you in the air raid. Eight and five going into the indie game. Let's say you win that, you're nine and five now. Even if you lose to Cincy at home, uh Christmas weekend, you're still n- at that point nine, and, nine six and six and three and two in the division. Yep. And yeah, you gotta wrap up on the road, Seattle and Baltimore. And you gotta that's go to Baltimore. No, that's no easy task. No. But you win in Seattle, you're 10 and six going into Baltimore, maybe with a chance to steal the division, maybe, depending on how things shake out. Or at the very least, if you're 10 and six going into the final week, you're talking about playoff positioning. You're I think. You're talking about playoff and seating, not, yeah. Uh, yeah, and not, we- and not whether you're getting in or not.
1: Without question. If you're 10 and six going into the last week of the season, you are definitely talking about where you're going to play and who you're playing, as opposed to whether or not you're going to be playing next week. And, I think that's totally fair.
0: And all of this, as we just laid it out, sounds fantastical to you, perhaps. Like, there's no way. God, they're not going to have a 10 and six going into the final game. What do you, you guys are, You guys are high on the black and gold dust. No. That it, even includes a loss against Cincy, in the, and that includes two Cincy losses. That includes could, a, a, a loss to Jacksonville. That includes, yes. you know, there's, but there are so many teams on their schedule now who, if they played the way they did today, which, let's let's admit again, was not pretty, but no. they they were in the game until the fourth quarter came around, then the de- in the game at the beginning of the second half, then the defense steps up, then the defense steps up again late to really completely shut L.A. down. By and the way, all- Cleveland did that last week against San Francisco, and they did it again this week. Exactly. All you need, I mean, th- think of the wild success we're feeling over this team right now because they scored three touchdowns. That's all you need. It goes back to your very simple uh, prescription for this team, and that is score at least 20, shut down the opposing team. You've got the defense to do it. Win the turnover battle. And you're going to beat teams like Tennessee and Green Bay and Arizona and New England and Indy. And, oh, look at that. I just found five more wins. And all all of a sudden, all you need to do is steal one in Seattle. Yeah, or steal one. Yeah, exactly. So that's the magic of winning one on the road and somehow being four and two despite it being ugly. And there's the little cherry on top of the Sunday.
1: I I I might I might have to make a small request. Okay. The end the rest of the season, can we just have like a bumper with just like Bubba Sparks background music? <laughs> just Bubba Sparks ugly. You know you know Okay. It's, 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 we're past that like it's it's not even like it's gonna be this way it is that now we have embraced I, the ugly we're i gonna, have i have be. an
0: i have an idea Uh-oh. and I'm, I'm gonna give uh, we're gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna come up with it before the next Uh-oh. show before tuesday when we are doing the the tomlin tuesday breakdown we will have what i think will work I just got to make sure Greg can pull it off for us. And again, if you don't watch it on YouTube, I'm sorry. You may miss out on it. It may be a visual-only gag.
1: Greg, but Greg, just talk three your message that say copyright infringement.
0: Boo! Um,
1: Boo!
0: We'll send Bubba my- Sparks. We'll send Bubba Sparks like 50 bucks. We'll yeah, crowd. Man. I mean, we're good. We can. I need up- my early 2000s hip hop on the show. These are happening i've been my 40s i don't
1: know how much left. yeah exactly Not so that. last little bit i can hang on to i put
0: i put i put jay-z on in the car the other night with my daughter and her two friends as i was driving them to this like haunted house type deal out in the middle of nowhere and the, the look on her face 14 year olds don't appreciate jay-z josh you can't and you the, the look conversing on my face back in her direction was like what, what is wrong with the children of America? I, I'll,
1: I'll give you a story about a, a time that warmed my heart. I think it was not this past summer, maybe the summer before. My nephew, who is now 13, maybe, no, he's 14. He's a freshman at Seat in He came up to me, he goes, my, my, he's like, my dad wanted me to ask you a question. I said, okay. He goes, who's Wu-Tang?
0: And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like,
1: dear, dear, dear boy, <laughs> come sit you're a child
0: it's for you
1: let us discuss because Wu-Tang is for the children let us let, let us let us converse with the greatness of Wu-Tang let's go best protection neck let's go I was like my, my heart grew three sizes that day like, I was like I got a teenager asking me about Wu-Tang this is just it's the greatest day ever
0: come let me tell you son about the 36 chambers <laughs>
1: Like old grizzly, come and I will tell you about oldy. I'll tell
0: you about old dirty bastard. I'll tell you the story. Come and sit. There was a man named Rayquan. <laughs> was uh, he really a chef? No one really knows. No. There was a song about ice cream. Is that really what he meant? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and right. this is how you end the show. And this is how you uh, enter another browsing edition of fourth down in the steel city. We will be back Tuesday afternoon, early evening to break down the Mike Tomlin press conference. And then later in the week, we build the game plan, uh, our hot sheet as well. We'll update you on how we did in what is this week seven now? It's week seven already. Jeez. Yeah. We'll update you on our standings for week seven. I think I did pretty well, which means I'm, I'm just bound to bounce back down to earth and, be completely ice cold in week eight, but we'll make our picks. That's how we do it every single week. We appreciate you for joining us, whether it was on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page or you want to subscribe, please do. Please be a part of the show by downloading and listening whenever you get an opportunity inside whatever app you use to get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe or follow. And of course, inside your free Odyssey app at AUDACY. And we'll do it again soon for Greg Finley, our producer. Thank you, Gregory, Copyright Infringement Police. For Josh Taylor, my <laughs> co-host, I'm Chris Mack. You best protect your best protection neck is fourth down in the Steel City.